What's going on, everybody? Today is truly a celebration. We recognize greatness. The first day of Black History Month and also it's Super Bowl week. Who's more valuable to their team? Is it Brady or Mahomes? The answer is clearly Patrick Mahomes. Not only is Patrick Mahomes way better than Brady right now, and Brady is still very good. He's better than Brady's ever been, and it's not close. Take Patrick Mahomes off this Chiefs team. You think they're in the Super Bowl? You think they're favored to win? Replace him with an average quarterback, like a Jared Goff. Or replace him with a good quarterback, the guy Goff was just traded for, Matthew Stafford. You think the Chiefs are favored? You think they're even there? Both of Patrick Mahomes' offensive tackles are gone. Mitch Schwartz with a back problem and Eric Fisher. Who are those guys, you ask? Mitch Schwartz has been gone for weeks now. Who made the pro football focus all-decade second team. On the other side, Eric Fisher. He was the number one overall pick back in 2013 and a two-time pro bowler. Mahomes has to be Superman, as always. We're acting like, oh my god, the Chiefs are loaded. Yeah, they have a lot of weapons, but their run blocking is average. Their passing game is incredible. Not only do they have weapons, they have Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the game. We know that the Bucks are going to bring four, and they're going to bracket Tyree Kill. They're not going to make the they're they're going to make sure that they don't make the same mistake and put him in single coverage again. So that means that they need to get it done with their four up front. Can they? Yes, they can. They have an excellent defense on all three levels. The defense has the same amount of responsibility, if not more, for their excellence as their offense with Tom Brady. We saw what he did without weapons last year. This year has tons this year, he has tons of weapons. His best weapons aren't as good as Mahomes' best weapons, but Brady has at least as many of them. Brady can game manage and be big on third down in the Super Bowl, and they can win because of that defense. Mahomes has to overcome a hurt offensive line, a defense, and a defense that no one's losing sleep over. The latest odds, according to Caesar Sportsbook by William Hill, are as follows. Patrick Mahomes, minus 120. Tom Brady, plus 190. So no surprise, the quarterbacks are at the top. But tied for third is Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, plus 1,100. Who's the most important non-quarterback playing in the Super Bowl? It's going to be Travis Kelsey. To start, the number Tyreek Hill did on the Bucks. When they first linked up, especially the first quarter, means you're not going to see single coverage on Tyree Kill, as we just highlighted. If that's what the Bucks do, God bless them. But I do not expect that, and the Bucks secondary has been all over everyone. The entire defense can create turnovers. They can get to the quarterback, etc. But I cannot imagine they don't bracket Tyree Kill. They have to send more resources his way. Patrick Mahomes is missing his two tackles, as I just explained. So the mediocre run game is going to get a little worse. Protection for Mahomes is going to get a little worse. The time Mahomes has is going to go down. And with Tyreek Hill bracketed, 
that leaves Travis Kelsey, the tight end, to have to do more than just catch passing and blocking. I expect Kelsey, who is an all-world player, to have a great game, and the Chiefs will need it if they want to win. How worried should we be about the Nets? We should be very worried. The team with the least efficient defense ever has to get better. They gave up 147 points to the Cavs, and then a couple nights later, a buck 25 to the Cavs. It's the same thing with the Hawks. Every team is scoring 125 points. They're awful. No team in the NBA that has won a championship has ranked lower than 11th. The Nets, with how much firepower they have on offense, they don't even need to be that high. But they have to be better. They're at 27th right now in the league. If they can bring that up to, I would say, 18, I think then they can get to where they want to go this year. But look at the teams that they're allowing these points to. The Cavs, the Hawks, the Wizards. They're losing to very bad teams. They're also beating good teams. But you look at what they're doing against the bad teams. Come playoff time. If the bad teams are scoring 125 every night, how much do you think the good teams are going to score? 150? It's going to be tough if they want to get to where they want to go. So if they want to get to where they want to go, they're going to have to step it up on the defensive end. And they've been doing that, making new additions with Norvell Pell and Iman Shumpert. Is this a good or bad trade for the Rams? It's a bad trade for the Rams. Let me be clear. Stafford makes them better right now. But if I were the GM, I would not make this trade. I know the Rams feel they can identify talent late in the draft, which is why they gave up their first for Jalen Ramsey. Who's their best player? Aaron Donald's their best player. You're not going to find him in the second or third round. You get him with a high first round pick. That's where the all-time talents are. The Rams have been a powerhouse, so their moves have worked out in the short run. But they recently signed Jared Goff to a deal. The number one overall pick in the draft, who they wound up giving over $100 million to, and then decide he's not good enough. They said we need more to win the Super Bowl. So you trade the first overall pick in the draft, who you paid $100 million to, in order to get out of that deal and bring in someone who is currently better. And let's be clear, Matthew Stafford is not an MVP caliber player. He's a good quarterback, not great. You give up Goff, two first and a third. They have not had a pick in the first round since they drafted Goff, and now they aren't going to have one until 2024. Basically, what this trade says is, you have to win a Super Bowl in the next two years, or it's a, or it's a disaster. Stafford is an upgrade, but they gave up too much to get him. Good football teams are not formed by not having a first-round pick for the last seven or eight years. Over or under one and a half more NBA titles for Klay Thompson? Under. They have a great front office, Wiseman, and Wiggins is shooting from the outside because of the Steph Curry effect. 
they'll probably be able to turn those players into great players, and if not, flip them in, into something. But by then, Draymond will be much older. Clay may not be exactly what he was in his prime, and the same goes for Steph. And even if they are, I would have enough faith to think they would get back and win another championship. But more than that is asking for another dynasty. I don't see that happening. Who has been the most influential over the last 30 years? LeBron or Jordan? I say Jordan. 30 years takes you back to 91. At that time, Michael Jordan was in the process of exploding the NBA and basketball into a worldwide phenomenon. It was the hottest and fastest growing sport in the world because of Michael Jordan. Even today, his Jordan brand sneakers outsell LeBron sneakers at around 5 or 10 to 1. Speaking of the Jordan brand, in the wake of the murder of George Floyd, you knew you know who made the biggest corporate pledge? Jordan brand. $100 million over 10 years. So Jordan exploded basketball and his style was emulated by everyone. Bigs facing the basket because everyone wanted to be like Mike. Kobe wore 24, one more than Jordan. LeBron wears 23. In addition, he became a billionaire and a team owner. Though the avenues of influence are not the same today as they used to be in terms of social justice issues. LeBron deserves tremendous credit for for his off-the-court influence, but I still believe Jordan ha- has had more of an overall influence in the last 30 years. How does Nick Sirianni look after his first news conference? Like a puppet. This is Mike McCarthy in Dallas on steroids. The Cowboys are suffering from the curse of Jimmy Johnson. He won a couple of Super Bowls, Got too much credit, Jerry's ego couldn't handle it, got rid of him, brought in Switzer, he won with Johnson's players, and never since then. Since then refers to every head coach of the Cowboys, with the exception of Parcells, who had a big personality and was the man in charge who would get credit. The version of this is going on in Philadelphia, but it's on steroids. Jeffrey Lurie, the owner, and Howie Roseman, the GM, want someone they can control. According to Marcus Hayes' column published in the Philadelphia Inquirer, published Sunday, he said that after five years of Peterson taking orders from them, he came to them and said, hey, I'd like to choose my own personnel, or at least decide when and where who's going to play what. Then a couple weeks later, he's gone. Once he stopped being a puppet, he was gone. I told you with Peterson's press conference last year, throughout his press conference, especially when it pertained to Carson Wentz, that he had no autonomy. That's what's going on. Dysfunction always starts at the very top, and Jeffrey Lurie has been praised many times as a great owner in American team sports. He has lost that that distinction. This is a debacle at this point. You can see they hired a guy who is not at liberty even to make decisions about basic stuff. When Peterson finally wanted control back because Carson Wentz went off the rails, they got rid of him and replaced him with the guy they believe they can control. The first first press conference sends a message to Eagle fans. They clearly found their man. Will Deshaun Watson sit out the season if the Texans refuse to trade him? 
it's probably unanimous that we all think he's going to be traded. But if McNair doesn't trade him, I don't think he will even put on a Texans uniform ever again. It would be bad for him because he would miss a season at the age of 26 and he's in the middle of his prime. But he also won't take any punishment. And obviously, he would be less likely to have a career-altering injury. So he will enter his age 27 season just better preserved and still in his prime. In terms of where I think he winds up, I think it depends on how Casario looks at the potential quarterbacks. The Jets have the second overall pick. Does he see Wilson or Fields or any other quarterback aside from Trevor Lawrence in the draft better than Tua? If he does, it's going to be the Jets. But if he thinks Tua is the guy, it'll be the Dolphins. But based on the Stafford trade, we know that if it's the Dolphins, it'll be Tua, at least three first and more. It's going to be a haul. It's going to be the biggest trade in NFL history. If we were to have an NFL fantasy draft, we all know that Patrick Mahomes would be the first overall pick. But Deshaun Watson, he's number two. He's the second most valuable trading commodity. And he's about to get dealed away? Deshaun Watson would be the second player taken after Patrick Mahomes any team would want if there were an NFL fantasy draft. This is going to be the biggest trade in NFL history if it is completed. Thank you guys for watching. Peace out. Stay tuned for the next episode.